Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James to ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from our weekly teaching. Pastor. Hello. How are you, man? What's up, brother? Hanging out. Church, I just want you to know, we just went back and listened to the Laurel Yanny. We we both heard Laurel. Yeah. <laughs> Some must be up with our ears. Something's weird. Yeah. Um. So I guess if you heard Yanny, you're not wrong. And if you heard Laurel, you're not wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Because both were... I've heard, I've heard Yanny in the past. I usually always hear Yanny. But I heard Laurel. The dress, though, was still black and blue. Yeah. White and gold is nonsense. It's not real. What if you don't thoughts? know what we're talking about, then go back and listen to the sermon. <laughs> well, James, just to jump into some questions, um, this afternoon, uh, religious leaders, uh, you pointed this out, they, they knew what was happening. Um, they they kind of actually said, well, these things are kind of happening right now, but we don't see them tell the Magi, and you can follow us to the star. We see them say, yeah, you could probably just go. Why do you think that there was such a, yeah, it's happening, there was no excitement on their part? Yeah, I think that was the thing that when I was reading the text that I kind of maybe had never seen before, but just see the apathy and indifference that the Pharisees had and those and the the chief priest and just the guys. And I think we said Sunday that these are the guys that should be excited. These yeah. are the guys that that have devoted their life to the Lord, and yet you see them just apathetic, indifferent. And that was the thing that um, I think I read a commentator that said that that said something similar to this, and it kind of brought thought to my mind of like. I think it's a warning for us about the that you can be so familiar with the things of God that you just miss God altogether. And that's yeah. what you see, actually. And I think Jesus points this out in John. He tells the Pharisees, he was like, you know, you search the Scriptures basically to find life. And he was like, but life is standing right in front of you. Like, I'm right here. Like, everything the Word testifies about is me, and I'm right in front of you. And yet they missed him, you know. And I don't know, it just that kind of baffles me, you know, when you think about it and just how... You know, I, I think we brought it out too. We teased it. You know, basically said that you know if if you feel threatened by Jesus, you'll resist Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I think for a lot of them, there was probably this probably unknowing. And I think sometimes we feel this way too, if we're honest. You know, um, of sometimes we don't we don't want to get too close to Jesus because we don't know what He'll do. You yeah. know, because yes, while we we the Scripture tells us who God is, but yet we can't control God. And I think there's a fear in that, maybe a feeling of threat that we feel sometimes of, well, what is God going to do? What is he going to do in my life? What is he? And so um, sometimes if we're not careful, we can respond just like the Pharisees and be very apathetic and different to Jesus, which as we saw Sunday, that that's ultimately resistance to Jesus. Yeah. You know, and, um, and we just need to be aware of that in our own life. Uh, you pointed out that the wise men or the magi, whatever you want to call them, um, that they probably were pagan. Or they were pagan, um, but they were pumped about this. So they didn't have all of these prophecies that told of one to come. Yet whenever they get there, we see their response to Jesus. Why is that so important for us to look at? You know, here's a thought, This and this just kind of came to my head. I, so yesterday we went to a funeral, yesterday, Miss um, Lola's funeral, and um, she's from Singapore, and so this first probably funeral I've ever been to where there had to be a translator. Yeah, me too. And so, you know, the pastor spoke, uh, I guess it was Chinese. Yeah. Um, spoken Chinese as a translator. And I was sitting, I was having to do the sound yesterday. And so 
I was up there because you, you were down there singing, and and so I was up there, and I I had this thought. I was like, you know, I guess sometimes we think that Christianity is just for us, you know, mm-hmm. and and it was interesting to start hear these people that have come from Singapore, and just to hear about, and even as they shared, the pastor shared about just the way that how Jesus has brought forgiveness and love and peace to them and how life can only be found. They talked what they talk about the the tradition in Singapore. They said that most funerals in Singapore and China, that there's just weeping and wailing because they fear death, you know? And so I thought about that. And then just the way the Magi of like, sometimes we, they didn't grow up. uh, You know, I think they had a familiarity with the the Hebrew text probably because of Daniel, maybe. Yeah. Well, we don't know that for sure, but we think that they stem from, from that kind of error, you know, and that um, region or whatever. But, like, even just to think of, like, how the, the the good news of Jesus is not just for Jewish people. It's not just for a certain group of people. And you see that, really, in the Magi or the wise men, is that these are people that weren't Jewish. They, they are pagans, and yet we see that they still recognize the good news, the worthiness of Jesus, and it changes changes everything for them. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we said it Sunday that it just it represents because we see this that the good news of the gospel is not just for a, a certain group of people. And this was the testimony always, right? When he, the blessing to Abraham and Abraham's descendants is that through you all the world would be blessed. And we see prophecy that the nations will come and worship. And we see in Revelation, what is it that um, it's, it won't just be one tribe, but it'll be many tribes from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Um, will be represented around the throne room scene. And so I think that's just a testament to when we see the the Magi respond of that this good news of the gospel is really for everyone and for every culture, um, that, it, that it permeates every culture. Because I think sometimes we think like, I guess, and that was my thought sitting yesterday in the funeral was like, this is really for everybody, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, and I, I when I say that, like I, I mean, I think it's so we know this theoretically, and then when you hear like you know this this message of Jesus is because I think sometimes and this is off topic, I guess, but like sometimes we think we have to make it like appropriate to our culture to make it relevant, and you're like, but this gospel is for every culture, so, so it's yeah. like it's bigger than culture, right? And so it's like able to speak into the needs of people and sin and brokenness, I think it's recognized in no matter what culture you've grown up in. And so I think that was just a testament of just to see the response of the wise men and to see like this is really for everyone. And and, and it's re- as represented by the shepherds who kind of are outcast, you see the wise men come, which are not Jewish people, and they're coming and responding with worship to the king, you know? Yeah. Um, I think uh, we can see this in Scripture. You kind of brought it up a little bit Sunday. Um, followers of, of Christ, um, at times we resist in areas. Um, I remember whenever I was in, in college, I was just kind of working through some things, had some conversations with my dad, and I was on my way back to school, and on my dash he had put a sticky note, and he said, he's either Lord of all or not at all. I remember being like, well, that's a very cliche thing to say, and, and I kind of just dismissed it. Um, but that just kind of came back more and more in my life. And Sunday you gave us a warning out of Hebrews. And it was kind of intense, you know, and, and you kind of preface that. You was like, this is, this is heavy. Um, what led you to that? And, and along those lines of, of resisting Jesus in some areas, like do you have any more thoughts as far as that goes? Yeah, so, I, and I think all of us, and I, th- I think it's this, it's this too, we see, and we talked about repentance, you know, that, that, that the call of the king, and, and that's why people feel threatened, that's why 
not everybody perceives the good news of Jesus as good news. Some people see it as bad news or confrontational news because the proper response to Jesus is that of submission, humility, surrender. Um, and I think that that, for many people, causes a lot of, of problems. You know, yeah. it gets to say like, hey, to come to, like, it means like I can't live for this kingdom anymore, this kingdom of the world, my kingdom, myself. I now have to live for another kingdom, which is God's kingdom. Um, and so the warning out of Hebrews really kind of, you know, I'd actually heard a sermon that week. Um, I'd listened to a part of a sermon by Francis Chan, and he brought up that scripture. And I, I mean, I've read that scripture before in Hebrews chapter 10, but it kind of just brought it back to me. And you're like, man, that's really heavy, you know. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Yeah. And talking about resisting Him and the danger of resisting Him. And I think there's a... In our culture, I guess there's this tendency that doesn't feel good, and so there's a tendency for us to avoid those things. And I think that was kind of my thought, is and almost why I didn't do it. But then, when I felt, I'm like, hey, this is what the Word of God says, and you, and, we're in a very dangerous place when we resist Him and yeah. and basically put up walls. Well, ultimately, if anybody it, to resist Him completely, but I think all of us, even in times that have that have surrendered to Jesus, we've placed our faith in Him. That there's still a constant surrender daily, you know, of ourself, of our flesh, because there's still areas of our life that sometimes we want to take back as our own, yeah. our own king. You know, I want to live for for me, and so this idea of surrender, repentance, it's it's yes, it, it took place at one point. You know what I mean? At one point, but um, there's this constant surrender, you know, and that we need to be careful of. Or I think we need to be careful of this. I didn't say this Sunday at all, um, but there's a tendency when we feel threatened by Jesus. And even like the Hebrews passage is if it doesn't feel very good or comfortable to us, then one of the ways that resistance looks like is we'll just make our own Jesus. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I don't like that that was said or I don't like this. And so I just want to make a new version of Jesus that either soothes my conscience, either doesn't speak into my sin, that I can keep walking in sin or just makes me feel good, makes, you know, even, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Following your heart, following your dreams, following you will. Scripture says I need to follow Jesus, and so yeah. there's just I don't know that, that just kind of came to me afterward, and I didn't even bring it up Sunday. But you know, for some of us, resistance to Jesus looks like is we actually just end up inventing our own Jesus, and uh, in our minds that we just change the way that Jesus is, you know. And so that's a dangerous that's a dangerous thing that Very. you know. And I think we all can do that, you know. Of, pick and choose what we want, buffet-style Jesus. And so it's like, I like this about him, I like this. You know, that, that was pretty hard that he said. You know, he said repent, but he probably didn't really mean that. Or even like, you know, it's a fearful thing. Oh, well, he's not yeah. talking about like real fear. You know, like, oh, it's kind of like this loving, reverent fear. Well, yeah. in Scripture, and that's what Chan was bringing out in the sermon, was like, fear is fear, right? I mean, we know there is a bad fear, but it's like many people, when they encountered the living God, like they were like, it, I think John says, like he fell over like he was a dead man. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I think just not trying to, make it just this cultural appropriate thing of, you know, hey, this is just what God said. For sure, man. Um, your your second point Sunday was was if we find joy in Jesus, then we'll worship Jesus. Um, but I feel like sometimes as believers, we feel like those aren't related. Uh, why do you think that is? I think, I think for a lot of us and... Um, I think for a lot of us, it may be this idea that we, 
uh, this is going to sound kind of strong. Um, maybe we've never actually found our joy in Jesus, mm. you know? And so, and that was the thing that I, and I know different authors have written about this, and then you see it really all through the text, but this is like one of the things that constantly comes up in the text is like those who are in the presence of Jesus, those who know Jesus, all these kind of things, is there's just this constant joy, right? Yeah. Passion, joy over Jesus. And that's what, when we recognize that Jesus is the only true source of joy, and we have this joy over salvation and who He is, then worship just flows out of that. And um, for people that, well, if anybody was like, well, you know, I mean, I like Jesus, but I don't really, you know, I just think it's, it'd be a bad, just if somebody was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't really have that much joy in Jesus. And, or even to see people like like this that, you know, you see them in church or you see them in this idea and it seems like they're just mad to be there, but then you see them around sporting events or other things that and you're like, ah, I don't just, I don't know if that's right, you know? Like, I'm not saying we can't be excited about other things, but I think there's an issue if we talk about how much, you know, that we're a follower of Christ, but yet there seems to be no overflowing joy in our life of how much we love Jesus and how we're excited about Jesus and how he's something that we talk about. Or it could be that's why there's a lack of us talking about Jesus is because we read, you know, or said Sunday quoted John Piper, you know, that you um, you cannot proclaim what you do not prize, yeah. you know? And so... But I think there's just connection, and I, I, I think I said the quote really quickly. But it's from John, uh, John, John Eldridge, from his podcast. He, was one day he was talking to this lady, and that's one of the things that she said. She says the battle over, the battle in your life is over your joy, you know. And and I think that was the thing that I and I, I brought up the prayer in Psalm 51 that I pray a lot because sometimes I, I, I notice this, and maybe you as you're listening. I think this is a thing to be aware of is like, hey, am I finding joy in Jesus? Yeah. You know, is there is there joy? You know, not and not now we're trying to make this fakey thing of like, oh, I'm just, but just like, hey, is my is my love is my joy grown grown cold? And then there's a prayer that says, you know, restore to me the joy of my salvation because there, you know, and I well, and I think this is a warning for us too. He had just sinned a lot, and so he had just disobeyed the Lord a lot, and that's one of the things that sin does is it causes us to, to steal our joy, you know, yeah. and and to find our joy because sometimes we run to other things, material things, pleasures, things to find joy in, and the problem is those things never give us joy, and I think that's why you see in this response the joy and the worship combined over Jesus is because they saw the thing that provides ultimate joy, and that's Jesus. You talked you know? about... Um, Luke chapter two, uh, yeah. Simeon. Yeah. Whenever he sees man, like that was something that me and Kelly, like I said, we're reading through this, the book of Luke for Christmas, and man, like just to like you said Sunday, like he he was holding salvation, like he was holding the one who was the the holy anointed one. He was holding, um, and man, like the joy that overcame this guy, or even whenever the the wise men come, how excited they are and how. Really, they're just pumped and they're jacked, and they're like, "Man, uh, you just." I think that, yeah, I agree with everything. So, um, now, man, our nonsensical, for nothing question. As James Doty, what do you want for Christmas? I want to have a merry Christmas. No. Nah, I, I, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's a very good answer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, usually, and this is sound weird. Usually, if I if there's things that I I want, uh, and it's usually like this sounds weird, maybe like fitness stuff, um, stuff to go to my 
into my my gym under my garage. What are you laughing at, man? Um, man, that's good. I'm glad some. I'm glad somebody wants those things. I really am. I really am. <laughs> I'm really glad that somebody can stockpile those people's stuff. You, you don't know? want those things. I, yeah, it's not. It's not what I'm looking for. I, anyway, that's usually it's usually something like that. So um, that and I always look forward to being at all our family's houses, eating, having a good time. And of course, and this year, I like to see the kids, uh, the way they. Um, you know they're they're kind of getting at a fun age to you know and they respond to presents real well yeah because we had it was Piper's birthday today and and so we had presents for her today um, we got her um, uh, I think it was one of those American Girl dolls or whatever yeah. that she's been wanting and or I don't know if she's been wanting it but anyway but we got it for her and so I mean she was just so pumped you know just her eyes and and so I, that's always fun too of seeing the kids now at Christmas and um, opening presents you know that, that's always fun too. You just want a Merry Christmas, huh? Yep. Man, what a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're just a good guy, James. Yeah, I, I, but I, look, I do like I do like presents, so I can't be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't like, you know. I, I think I think I heard you say you want fruitcake. No. You want no, people no, to make no, fruitcake, no, no. right? Please do not. Yeah. Please do not. I, just, mean, I, I mean, I'll take it and say thank you. Uh, I just probably won't eat it. You know, I just it's not my favorite. So you heard it here first. James Doty loves fruitcake. <laughs> yeah. If you want, I'll bring him some. He'll bring them all home. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, uh, thanks for sitting down, having a conversation, and uh, kind of going back over some things and give us a little more insight. Yep. Thanks, man.